We are halfway through, basically, a dead period in recruiting, but that doesn't mean that there isn't things to talk about when it comes to Penn State recruiting, the transfer portal, and more. So, of course, Ryan Snyder joining us today on the BWI Daily Edition, normally on a Friday, but on a Thursday today because we have a special guest coming up tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're following Blue White Illustrated and at Thomas Frank Carr to find out who that is coming up to help us preview the Super Bowl. So that's coming up tomorrow. Ooh. Ryan, we're kicking you out of your Friday spot. I apologize. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Or am I allowed to talk about that yet? Um, no, I I go with the. You want to save that? Okay. No, I want to. I I don't know if we'll talk about it with uh, Solomon Wilcox uh, coming up tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of that preview, I was just, I'm excited. He's he's an awesome guy. I've uh, met him before, yeah. so I'm excited to to have him on the show tomorrow. I I my my gut says the Rams. And uh, my heart says I want the Rams to win. So that's where I'm going with, okay. with what I'm thinking with the Super Bowl of who's going to win. So that's, that's what I think. What about you? I haven't looked at it too closely yet, honestly. I know the the, the degenerate gambler uh, in Ryan uh, honestly has not looked at the Super Bowl much yet. I usually <laughs> wait. I mean, uh, LA Rams right now are minus four. So I know that spread started uh, lower uh, so like if you were going to bet the Rams, for example, like you kind of missed your opportunity. For yeah, that. I think yeah. it started at three. So we'll see where we'll see where it's at Sunday and, and go from there. I mean, I, I was I mean, I'll, I'll probably root for Joe Burrow. I mean, everybody's kind of pulling on Joe Burrow right now. But I also. Uh, I not. Yeah, you're not a Burrow guy. So, um, no, no, I, I like Burrow, but again, yeah. it all has to do with uh, the prospectus of the team that I root for and another AFC mm-hmm. quarterback getting a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not f- a fan of that math. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Same. Matt Stafford on the way out, Aaron Donald, like the Rams. I, I like that more than I like somebody else getting ahead in that race of the next generation of quarterbacks. So that's yeah. really yeah. – and I think the Rams are a better team. They've just got more talent. They've got players that I think – deserve is the wrong word but their their level of skill and their level of fame warrant a super bowl win at this point so that's kind of how i look at it just give me a good game you know at the end of the day right like we've had a couple crappy super bowls in recent years we had we had one or two good ones too but uh give me a good game good food and you know hopefully my kids cooperate for four hours and don't drive me crazy and hey (laughs) it'll be a good good be in bed after a certain point anyway right yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. We'll see someday. <laughs> so you talked with uh, Greg Pickle, uh, our co-worker, on the recruiting podcast earlier this week about Hunter Norzad. That news broke on Monday, and then, of course, you guys recapped that. But since then, you had a chance to talk to Hunter and get some more information on the decision-making process, the the overall uh, transfer portal experience for him. So what did he have to say about why he chose Penn State and what it was all like? Yeah, much appreciated for Hunter giving us some time, man. He uh, was not uh, someone who really wanted to open up to everybody. And, and why would you, right? Like, you're you're past that kind of stage. And, you know, a lot of guys, they I don't know how much media Cornell deals with. But, you know, he's he's past that stage of his life where, you know, you're looking for uh, attention from on three and, and sites like that. But it was it was appreciate him catching up with me. Uh, and, and really, I, I think the big thing uh, w- was relationships, right? I mean, we talk about that all the time. And, yeah, even though he's uh, – He's older now. Um, you know, I, I think Troutwine and, and the relationship with, with the staff was a huge part. I think he was open about the fact that, you know, he's trying to get to the NFL. And, yeah. and that's the big reason behind this move, uh, which I think, you know, I, I think that's the case for a lot of graduate transfers, whether they tell you that or not is a little different. But I, I appreciate his honesty on, on that. And, uh, you know, I, one 
one other big takeaway I think was just kind of where he'll play. Uh, we've been projecting him as a guard, and and mm-hmm. he kind of opened up about the fact that that center is very realistic too. And yeah. so I asked around about that, and um, you know, I was basically told that you know, Drew Scruggs wants to do what's best for the team. Hunter wants to do what's best for the team, and uh, with time, they, they will figure that out. But uh, there there is a real chance Hunter could be a uh, could be a center for Penn State. And, you know, they just got to get them here and, and figure things out. So go ahead, T-Break. I know you so, want to talk I, I about I want to break my arm patting myself on the back for calling that, but that was just one of those things I, I saw in films. I was curious about it. So that's that's good to see that I'm not an idiot, actually, more so than anything about that particular conversation. Um, but it, it, he also, it, I want to make sure I have this correct. It's something I think you said on the podcast. He has two years of eligibility, right? So it's correct. not a one and done like Eric Wilson. No, but I mean, he was also open about the fact that like, hey, he wants to get to the NFL. Oh, sure, so sure, if, sure. If, if his if his stock is is in a you know in a position where uh, you know he can maybe do that after a year, he'll he'll seriously consider it. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, he does have two years of eligibility, and um, I think just kind of like with the junior college guys, uh, with, with JB Nelson and Tyrese Mills getting an extra year, um, that that's just a more of an incentive for, for Penn state to, to pursue Hunter. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the one thing I've consistently heard throughout all of this was that like, this is the O lineman they want and, and they're interested in Tyler Steen and, and some other guys still. Uh, but like, this was the guy they want absolutely all out for from the beginning. There, there's a sigh oh, of relief. So. There, there's an exhale now mm-hmm. that he's agreed to come to Penn state. So how does this, for sure. uh, with that, how does this change your opinion on what the offensive line looks like next year. Now that they have this transfer in the door, do you have any thoughts on on not projecting good or bad, but the depth is a little bit better, it seems. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. the offensive line next season? Still think they need to add someone. Mm-hmm. I still think they could. They really would, getting a Tyler Steen would be good. And, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I was kind of writing him off. Uh, I kind of thought that uh, his brother maybe going to Virginia was kind of, you know, uh, a sign of things to come. But I've been asking around uh, more and more about Tyler and Penn State's plan to get him on campus in March, or at least that they're they're hoping to get him on campus in March. So let's see how it how it shakes out. I mean, he's he's planning to take visits in March that I know for sure. And, and Penn State is hoping uh, to get one of those. So we'll let's see, you know, where if that happens and, and you know, um, if, if of course, if you were to end up here and, and how that would shake things out. But I think. You know, you're adding you're adding a guy here who uh, looks like a pretty tough so- sob. I'll say. I, I swore the other day <laughs> on my show. I, I caught myself on that one. Uh, yeah, know, and, and and that's what they need, right? I mean, yep. they 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 need a little bit of sandpaper. Be, uh, yeah, aggressive and get after it, and uh, that that's really kind of what stands out here. So this is definitely a, a hole uh, that that they appear to be patching up, but. You know, adding a, adding a tackle would be great, and and that's where Steen has some experience too. Now, I've talked to people about Steen too, and they think that you know maybe he his best position would be guard down the road too. So <laughs> I don't want to get too uh, into that boat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. But yeah, adding experience, man. Right, that's what you want. Uh, yeah, you you and th- especially on the offensive line, it's, it's much easier the, to get. Uh, that's the conversation too when we when we're talking about the offensive line is that it's not uh, now. Penn State's going to say everyone comes in and competes. No one's guaranteed a job. That is always, you know. But when you're looking at the offensive line and the players available, and if you're looking for veterans and experience, it's not going to be Hunter Norzad or Juice Scruggs. It's about where they line up and how those best pieces fit Mm -hmm. unless some... Somebody comes in and blows the doors off, right? So if Penn State fans are thinking Hunter Norzad goes to center, Juice Scruggs goes to the bench, that's unlikely from what I've seen and kind of what I've, I've felt. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
No. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they will find room for both of those guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how it all will shape out, but, you know, I would think Landon Tangwall is going to get in there. I would think Wallace, mm-hmm. I still think Wallace will be a right tackle. I know, yeah. I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about guard, but I think Wallace wants to be a tackle. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but I just, it just, it, there's so much talk about Wallace moving the guard, right? Or, or like fans talk about that. And I know, I know you brought it up too, but just, right. The fact that they never made that move, like, tells me something behind the scenes. Like, there, there's a reason that, uh, that he's, Firmly uh, planted at that position, so yeah. I, I would think uh, Wallace and Fashanu definitely at the tackles as of right now, and some mixture of Norzad, uh, Tangwall, and Juice, and yeah. uh, you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's kind of where I landed on on some of my articles earlier this week in predicting Penn State's offensive line. And the last thing I'll say, and we, we've kind of beaten the offensive line to death after Hunter Norzad's commitment this week. Uh, there is room for improvement. Just because a guy didn't play well originally, that he. Caden Wallace has the skills to be a good right tackle. So development, not ripping the Band-Aid off and, and blowing everything up, isn't always the best option. Patience and all those things can pay off. So I think that's right now reading the tea leaves. There's no elite tackle out there for them to make that move. He's no. their best option at, the, at this point. But you yeah, you'll see what happens after spring practice real quick. Just you'll see what happens after spring practice. And then also, you know, if you look at, you know, some PFF numbers with Wallace, he was playing better down the stretch, you know, yeah. at least these corner PFF numbers. So there's optimism there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you mentioned getting Tyler Steen on campus in March. That's because uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, though. We are almost halfway through February. Like it's such a short month. You can slow on- down. On Monday, <laughs> on Monday, we're halfway done. You know, on Valentine's Day, we're... It, and so this dead period is a great time for people who don't know about recruiting and aren't in-depth with some of the things as as you are to explain here on the BWI Daily Edition how the recruiting calendar works, different events, different things within the calendar, and their levels mm-hmm. of importance. I loved our conversation earlier this year about junior days and kind of ranking the different interactions that players can have with the coaches. So I wanted to go a little more in-depth today on just recruiting and the process so fans know what to expect coming up. And that's a, what mm-hmm. I want to do with you today. So Start with February, where we are right now, and why it's a dead period on the calendar. Yeah. So, um, to start, just one thing I'll, I'll say is is really the recruiting calendar starts in August and goes to July, and that's when it formally turns over. So, we would actually be at the midway point. Now, it, it's that seems strange because, you know, the class just ended, right? Like, you would think, like, this is where you start, and, and then it goes up to next February. But, like, technically, how the NCAA lays it out is August 1st, to July 31st. And then, and then, you know, if they make changes for the following year, you know, it, it starts again uh, for August 1st, which would be, uh, you know, 2022 this year, but we're going to start in February because it's February now. And, and we'll take this through uh, as if it, you were a class of 2023 recruit and how your, your calendar would work. So it is currently February 10th. We are 10 days into a dead period. And basically what a dead period is, is there is no on-campus or off-campus visits so james franklin and his staff cannot go down to uh you know bo perbulo's in school now but you know they couldn't go down to central york if bo was uh, still down there and and meet with his coaches and, and no recruits can come up to visit and the reason we put a dead period or we the ncaa put a dead period into place uh, a couple years back now is really because coaches at the afca meetings and in different kind of circles uh were pushing for more time to focus on their team and th- and this is the best time to do it right because a season ends, you know, you run right into December and January and you have that crazy hectic period. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we used to have then a bunch of junior days in February and, and, you know, it was just kind of, 
yeah, you could focus on your team during the week, but you also were focusing so much on building those junior day lists that you just never really got to slow down and focus on the 85 scholarship guys and, of course, all the walk-ons currently on roster. So they put in a dead period a handful of years ago, and uh, I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. I think it's pretty popular among coaches. So uh, this is just a time to reset, uh, look back on your previous season, uh, mm-hmm. find some holes, find some things you can improve on, and then take, get ready. Take some of those ball. deep dives. James Franklin mentioned taking a deep dive on the offense and seeing the good and the bad and all of those things. This mm-hmm. is you have the time to do that now is what you're saying is, is give the firm evaluation and make your plans of how you want to use players and how you want to use schemes and systems that uh, you were thinking of earlier, but now there's a, a there's room to breathe in this month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, so we, this will roll through uh, to February 28th. It's just the whole month, you know, and usually these dead periods overlap in different months, but uh, this one's pretty simple. February 1 to February 28th. Uh, and then we'll roll into March. And, of course, mm. spring practice for Penn State, the exact dates haven't been announced yet, but I think you can expect it something like March 18th uh, through through the uh, blue-white game, which is what's the blue-white game this year. Is it the 16th or the 23rd? I can't remember exactly. Ooh, I, I, had that, that I had that information, and I forgot it. I, I'll look it up <laughs> for you. Yeah, so so basically what, what – what we'll see here now is once, once we get to March 1st, uh, it's what we call a quiet period in recruiting. And it's anything but quiet. Uh, but but the reason it's 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 called a quiet period is, is because um, off-campus recruiting uh, is limited. Okay, so okay. there's still electronic. And let me clarify one thing, too. There's electronic recruiting going on at all times. You can always right. text. You can always call with, uh, with these 2023 guys. Um, now there's certain limits to how many times you can have phone conversations and all that. I'm not going to get into that today. We're going to keep it just to kind of how the calendar works, but, uh, for the most part, electronic communication and, you know, recruiting and FaceTimes and all that, that that's happening at all times. Uh, but, but in March guys are allowed to come up to campus for unofficial visits. And that is really going to be like the main thing we see in March. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this year, for example, March 5th, March 12th. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another junior day or two sprinkled in there. Uh, and then as we get into March 19th, March 26th, and then into April, that's when spring practice will start. So you'll see, you'll, I think usually over the weekends, you'll see a handful of guys come up, watch a spring practice. Um, but they're usually not bigger settings. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. more personal settings uh, where recruiting's family will come up. And like I said, there'll probably be a handful of guys there. Um, you know, some guys actually do come up on weekdays too. So they get like, exclusive one-on-one access usually that's for the guys that can uh drive in the area they're on spring break something like that let me let me ask you um, about that quickly too uh when it comes to unofficial visits where official visits are the whole shebang the school's allowed to pay for your travel to and from uh and then what you do during the day unofficial visits the 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 recruit has to find their way to campus correct so that shows a certain level of interest beyond just getting the red carpet rolled out, you've got to want to come to a place to go for an unofficial visit. Is that fair to say? Yeah, 95% of these visits we're talking about are unofficial visits, which is right. where mom and dad drive you up, mom and dad fly you up, uh, you know, whatever it is. You know, if you're sta- if you're coming from out of town, you got to pay for your hotel room. you got to pay for uh, lunch, you know, if, if the coaches, you know, because, like, you, for example, you'll see guys go to champs. They go to champs on Atherton all the time. Yeah. Um, but, like, the family has to pay for that. Uh, where official visits, which we'll get into in a second, uh, it's paid for by the school from the mm-hmm. very beginning. So the school pays for you to get there. They pay for your accommodations. They pay for your food. Uh, even even like doing official visits, you'll have player host. Uh, so, you know, uh, 
you know, one of the running backs will host an upcoming running back recruit, something like that. And Penn State can give uh, their players a stipend, you know. So so if the player, you know, wants to take the guy out, uh, you know, I don't say they're going out and partying tonight, but, you know, they, yeah. they go out and, you know, check out State College tonight. You know, the recruit can pay for that. Or, the excuse me, the player uh, can pay for the recruit. So it's, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you get it. You get uh, the full Penn State experience on those so, official visits. You get you get a good experience on unofficials too. Should you uh, read more into unofficials where you have to go through the effort yourself, or is that kind of part of the recruiting process well, if you're just interested in a school? For ninety percent of these guys, you gotta kind of take unofficial visits to get to official visits. Got it. You know okay. what I mean? Like now, now there there are a handful of official visits every year where this guy's just an elite recruit. But he's from Florida and his mom, you know, can't get him up here. So the only way he's getting to campus is an official visit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like Jerry Cross, for example. Jerry Cross only took one visit ever to Penn State, which was this past was back in June. Uh-huh. And, and that was because it was hard for his family and him to, to get all the way out here. Yeah. So and there's 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 other examples of that. I think Kevon Lee, Kevon Lee came up for the Auburn game. But aside from that, you know, his only other visit was the official visit. And that that was uh, previously in the summer, a couple of months before. So, um, yeah, you, you get a handful of elite recruits that they just got to get on campus. And, you know, that that official be it. But, you know, if you're if you're building a relationship with Penn State, you want to be seriously uh, interested in joining that class. You're, you're going to take a couple of unofficial visits gotcha. and then it'll lead up to an official visit uh, in the summer. So. Uh, do you want to get into that part of the calendar? Yeah, we'll where do we leave off? Kind of where April? do we leave off before I derailed you and so, outlay, laying out the calendar? So, so basically in March, we're going to see guys on campus pretty much every weekend. Uh, I, like I said, I won't be surprised if we see a junior day early in March, uh, maybe two, maybe even on both those two weekends. But as it gets a little later, um, you know, it'll be a little bit more one-on-one kind of visits. Not saying they wouldn't host a junior day maybe on like April 2nd because we have seen that in the past, but – uh, it's more so personal business guys coming up to watch spring practice because of course spring practice is going on then too yeah. so they're 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 busy with that um, once we get to April 15th then is when we switch from what's called a quiet period to uh, an evaluation period and also one thing I will note is once we get to April 1st you're allowed to take official visits if you're if you're entering your junior year so from April 1 through the end of June, that's when Penn State is allowed to start paying for guys to take visits. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see maybe not a dozen uh, official visits this year, but or in the in this, you know, April, April, May range. But usually when you get to June, then that's when you see, you know, a dozen to maybe like 20 guys taking their official visits, because usually by then Penn State's trying to finish off recruitments. Right. Like they're in a good spot with guys. Uh Let's bring them up for their official this weekend, and let's end this. Uh, and that's why you saw a dozen commitments last right. July, right? Because guys were taking so many visits there uh, in June. But, and that is that um, also why Penn State wraps up their class? It not wraps up, but puts a lot of work in, and they seem to be done earlier than other programs. Is because they yeah. identify, they target, and then for those official visits, they get a commitment, and then you know they don't wait around for certain guys or mm-hmm. certain situations. They get the guys that are interested and bring them on. Yeah, Penn State's been in that cycle for a while now, a handful yeah. of years where uh, they do a lot of work in the summertime and then, you know, probably their class is like 70% complete going into the season. And, you know, Penn State's a big enough school where they can do that, you know. Um, now, and also, like, one thing that's kind of unique with Penn State is, like, they get they get those very, you know, those top guys. You get the Drew Allers and Nick Singletons occasionally, but Penn State's usually always, like, getting that 100 to 400 range kind of recruit you know what i mean where they're not like the very elite guys but they're also you know 
the majority of them are like high three stars, low four star kind of range. And right. and I think that that's a big reason why we've seen this cycle of them getting classes kind of done um, quicker than maybe some some Georgias and Ohio States of the world, just because they're going after the very, very best of prospects. And usually those prospects drag things out a little bit longer or whatever it may be. But right. um, to get back to the calendar, uh, we'll, we'll April 15th to May 31st is what we call the the spring evaluation period. And this is this is one of the most unique periods of the year because this is one of the few times where Penn State can go out to a player's school and actually put a player through a workout. Now, there are times where they are allowed to go out to schools and they can just watch a player working out. You know, if they if they get there at three o'clock and the guy's in the gym uh, or, you know, he's out, you know, throwing routes to uh, to his receivers like they, they can watch that. But Mike Yurchich couldn't couldn't, you know, set up cones and, and, and run specific workouts where from April 15th to May 31st, they are allowed to do that. So that that'll be an interesting thing to watch that time of the year. Um it's a lot of travel. Uh, they'll, they'll go all over the country uh, working out uh, the best 2023 guys. And, you know, a lot of guys who I mean, they'll work out the guys that they're already high on. But this is also when you, you start to kind of get a feel for who's that next tier guys, especially at a position or two where, uh, you know, they need to they need to fill some gaps. So that that's always a fun period uh, from April 15th uh, to May 31st. And then again, like I said, April 1 to the end of June you're going to see official visits in there. You usually don't have too many official visits in May. Uh, it's usually more so right around the blue-white game and then in June, uh, mainly because a lot of guys are still in school then. They kind of want to wait till June uh, when things slow down. So right. the, the majority of those official visits will be in June, uh, but you might get a few around the blue-white game. Uh, so when do camps happen and how do they fit into this? Because mm-hmm. I know that's very important for Penn State to gather their information outside of the individual to get a bulk information, maybe even for the class of 24, 25 looking ahead. Yep. But for the guys, maybe they need more information in 23. When do those happen? Yeah, that's June. Okay. Uh, and, that's, and that's another big reason why you're seeing um, a splurge of commitments in July, because they're working out a lot of guys. Uh, so, you know, that 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 guy who, you know, they liked from film. Uh, but they need to get some information on. Then he comes to camp and he crushes it. Uh, that's you know that then they go all out for, of course. And you know you usually see something move in July. But but yeah, Penn State will host uh, usually. I wish I had the number on me. Probably maybe six or seven camps, maybe in, in June. Uh, and they're usually around the weekends. They haven't put out the the uh, actual list yet. Uh, they'll also host a seven on seven tournament in June, which has become pretty popular. It's one of the best uh, seven on seven tournaments in the mid Atlantic. Now. I mean, last year, man, they hosted, I think it was like 60 or 70 teams. It was a, it was a big number, uh, you know, well over a thousand prospects were, or thousand players, not true division one prospects were there, but, but yeah, June is a, a very, very important month. And, and one thing we saw last year in June was that the NCAA made a rule where if you come up for an unofficial visit, and you were uh, last year would have been 2022. This year would be 2023. You were allowed to work out with coaches during that visit in a non-camp setting, and that mm-hmm. was the first time we ever saw that. And it's it's the whole reason Tyler Johnson is a part of that 2022 class, and, and honestly, Omari Evans too. Yeah. Omari Evans can make yeah. a little later, um, but both of those guys took advantage of that rule last year, and they had killer workouts in a one-on-one kind of setting with their position coach, maybe another assistant. Uh, and, and that's that's what led to them ultimately getting offers and ending up at Penn State. So my point with this is I'll be very curious to see if the NCAA continues that this year because it is a very it was a very popular rule change. And yeah. um, I know Penn State is firmly in 
uh, planted their flag and continuing that. And I'm sure schools all across the country would. And it, it's a good thing because not every kid can travel from, I'll use uh, Tyler Johnson, for example, not every kid can travel from Southern Virginia uh, to state college on June 4th. Right. You know, like there's right. parents got to work, whatever it may be. So when you open up that entire month, uh, to allowing a kid to, to find a pocket here or there to come up and then do an hour long workout with the staff uh, when it's in a non camp setting, uh, it, it just it benefits the school and it benefits the kids. So I I, yeah. I can't see any reason why the NCAA wouldn't continue it. But hey, it's the NCAA, right? Like we talk right. about that all the There's time. There's some sort so. of unfair advantage here that we're going to pretend is a thing. <laughs> because here's another yeah. thing. Here's another thing, and I know that this is a bit down the rabbit hole, but too. But if Penn State offers, that's going to make other schools go okay. Maybe we need to look mm-hmm. at this guy, and then they get him over for it. And then you see somebody's recruitment kind of blow up if if they're able yep. to then go on the circuit. That benefits the player, and it helps kind of clarify where they might stand and help find some of those diamonds in the rough that, that you know, or at a small school or whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. you go through that period, and then July is the vacation time that is still not vacation time for coaches, right? You're still getting commitments. Oh. You're still doing stuff electronically to recruit. So that yeah. that's kind of July, right? A kind of similar to where coaches we're right now. Coaches get more vacation that month than I do, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that was last year. Last that's year. when we started this oh, YouTube channel, and I worked – uh, at this desk for about 48 hours straight <laughs> last year. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, of course they're still recruiting, you know, James Franklin yeah. never, never is not uh, texting with players and FaceTiming players. And yeah, I mean, even when they're, they're away at their beach house, uh, they're, they're always recruiting, but July is a dead period. And really it starts uh, before July. It starts on this year. It'll start June 27th. Uh, and then it goes all the way to July 24th. And, and yeah, this is put into place pretty much. So, Coaches can go on vacation and not worry about the coach who's not going on vacation uh, to get a leg up on on that recruit that you're duking it out with. So if right. it's Penn State and you know Maryland or Penn State Ohio State, whatever you know, if they're going after it for a kid, you don't got to worry about Ryan Day, you know, yeah. skipping vacation this year and getting a leg up on you. So it's all uh, about it's, uh, an agreed upon truce so that everyone because mm-hmm. the, the 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 nature of competition means you would be doing it every single day, every single mm-hmm. second, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why that's kind of put into place. But, you know, with with the way camps have worked out recently, as I was saying, you know, July then is still still an incredibly important month uh, because, we, I mean, we saw Penn State wasn't the only school that picked up a ton of commitments in July last year. Now, yeah. the, last year was also a little unique because, you know, you had 16 months of a dead period. Uh, and then, you know, you, we just forced all these visits in the June and all these guys wanted to commit, but, you know, they, they didn't get their visits in. So, uh, hopefully July isn't as crazy this year. Uh, yeah. so I can maybe go to the beach and not, not worry about, uh, having to run home after, uh, eating a seafood buffet, but, uh, <laughs> I've, I've done it before for the record, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. Uh, it all just depends on every year where Penn state's at, but it is a, it is a agreed upon dead period to, to mainly allow coaches to, to go on vacation. Now, of course, like they won't be on va- So it's a, it's a four week period. Like Penn State, the way Penn State does it is like half their staff will go away the first half of the month, and then the, the other half will go away those those other two weekends of the month or those other two weeks of the month. So they're still going to always be people in Lash uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. Uh, they just kind of split it up where, uh, like I said, half the staff goes this week or these two weeks, and then the other half uh, goes the following two weeks. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say with July is from July 25th to July 31st, then, is another quiet period. So – uh, we see usually two more camps there. You see that that first 
that first weekend in July, uh, which this year actually it's uh, July 25th of Monday. So Penn State probably will only have maybe one or two. I can see them doing a camp on the 29th and the 30th. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. try and get two in there. And then you also have the Lash Bash, uh, on which this year will probably be July 30th. And, and that's usually just kind of your last opportunity to get all your top guys on campus um, before before uh, training camp starts for both you know high school kids and, and the college kids, and then once you get into August, it's another dead period. Yep. Uh, and that's you know that's put in place because everybody needs to get ready for their season. High school kids need to get ready for their season, uh, and, and college coaches need to get ready for the season. So it's you got a one week strip strep, uh, stretch strip strep. I don't know what I'm saying. Stretch uh, where you know you can cram in some visits and. Uh, I think last year we saw guys on campus pretty much every one of those days yeah. uh, during that last week in July. And it's the last bash too, which is a huge event. The uh, the last couple of months here, self-explanatory, is there anything during the season that's unique or interesting to stand out in the recruiting calendar? Obviously, the, the mm-hmm. coaching staff is focused on on the team and, and, and winning football games, but is there anything in there that is unique or interesting when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, so uh, it's another evaluation period. Uh, so from September 1 to November 27th, which is, you know, the exact stretch of the season, basically yep. it's, it's, it's evaluation period. And, uh, you're allowed to go out and watch player games. That's basically what that is. So yep. you're allowed to go out on Friday night, you know, Penn State will go out and watch Quentin Martin, you know, an elite 2024 guy from Bell Vernon. They'll, they'll pick one of those Friday nights and go watch him. And, and usually Franklin's out on the road pretty much every Friday, uh, with some assistance somewhere, you know, if it's an away game, they'll kind of coordinate to wherever the away game is. And if it's a home game, they're usually somewhere, um, Pennsylvania or Maryland, somewhat, somewhat close, but yeah, the evaluation period runs, like I said, so September 1st to November 27th. And, uh, you know, you're during an evaluation period, you're allowed on campus visits. Uh, it, but, but it's, it's classified evaluation because coaches are allowed off campus, uh, to go watch players. And that's pretty much what it is. You know, if they're going, like, for example, if they're going to a high school game in, uh, Maryland that night, we'll say, uh, they'll, they'll usually go out Friday and they might stop at a couple schools uh, in that area, which you're allowed to do on the evaluation period. And then they'll go see, you know, uh, a KJ Winston, you know, play at the math of that night, something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's mainly about focus on your team, though. You know, coaches can get out maybe for Friday for a couple hours, but um, you don't really have that luxury on the other days. This has been super helpful. I, I feel like this has been super educational to the audience. If they have only dipped their toe into recruiting or they wanted to know more, this lays out the rest of the year. And it also gives me a great calendar to know when I'm going to be busy. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <one laughs> this is my first just... year going all in on all of this. So it's great. Yeah, there's a lot to learn, man. There, there is one other thing I'll note with December and January, which is when we have the contact period, uh, which is there's the only two – there's two weeks in December and two weeks in January where you have that. And that's when uh, James Franklin and the entire offensive staff can go bombard Hunter Norzad's house and, right. you know, uh, eat, eat spaghetti with mom and dad. And, and, and that's the only time of year where you're allowed uh, to go to a player's home, basically. Uh, and they'll go to schools, too, uh, during that period, which, you know, you'll, you'll see that in April, May and, you know, during the season to watch games. Um, but, but with it being a contact period, it's the one time of the year where you can actually go to a player's home. So December one, um, excuse me, this year, it'll be November 28th to December 11th. And, and that's usually cause you know, right before the early signing period, right? So they're trying to, to button down the last couple of guys that are still out there. And, you know, if you have a bunch of guys committed, you can go do in-home visits with your committed guys. Um, then we'll, then we'll have another dead period for bowl season, uh, which, you know, I think Penn State fans just kind of witnessed, uh, last couple last couple months from now and uh and then in january from january 14th 
to the 29th is another contact period where if you haven't finished off your class in the early period, you can you can finish it off before actual NSD rolls around National Signing Day. So, yeah, it's a fun little calendar. Um, it's always kind of changing. I'll be curious to see. Um, yeah. So know, what's the what do you think the next thing is or when do those uh, changes sort of come about? Yeah, you'll see them usually in the spring to early summer if they make any changes. Like I was always curious to see after the 16-month dead period if they would have got rid of maybe like um, what like the August dead period this year because there wasn't anything in June. You know, could they have could they have gotten rid of that for a year? Which they didn't. I mean, they kept to they kept it the exact same. So what that tells me is that the coaches wanted to say the exact same because the coaches actually have a lot of pool in how this works because mm -hmm. the AFCA American Football Coaches Association it works. I don't want to say hand in hand with the NCAA, but like they communicate a lot on what they think is best for this uh, for this recruiting calendar. So um, I, I would expect really not too many changes. The one thing I'm really curious is that June rule. Uh, if guys can continue to work with coaches uh, in a non-camp setting, I think that's one major thing that we took from the pandemic that that could continue and, and benefit both the player and the schools. But um, that doesn't really have to do anything with Canada. That would just kind of be a, a separate rule change that, that they would announce at one point. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't think we'll see too many changes in the 2023, but we've seen them enough. I mean, adding the February dead period, they did yeah. not that long ago and, and shifting around. Um, you know, some things with the contact period we've seen it different in different years, but uh, it should it should hold pretty firm into 2022 and 2023. Ryan, thanks so much. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Anytime. I, I always I always forget to do this, by the way. Ryan does an awesome job, not only having all this stuff on lockdown, but then getting you the information about the prospects and the players and the details that all go into this. So. If you want to sign up, and I should have done this like at the beginning of the show, $1 <laughs> gets you 12 months of access to all of what Ryan is talking about right now. All the stuff we just laid out, the details as they come in, he gets them to our premium message board forum having card-carrying members of Blue White Illustrated. You sign up for a dollar, you get 12 months of access, so the whole recruiting calendar you get for a dollar. All that information, you sign up. It's the first link in this video. You scroll down, keep scrolling past all my words, all but okay, right there. That link, click on that, and you get to our annual plan for just a dollar. And Ryan does an awesome job. He's just one of the guys that does an awesome job, and he's worth more than that by exponential numbers when it comes to the value <laughs> of what he's providing. So check that out. Ryan, thanks again. No problem, man. Take care. We'll be back tomorrow. I, I I always want to make sure I have it in hand. And as of recording, I haven't yet talked to Solomon Wilcots, but he's coming up on the show tomorrow. Stay tuned. Super Bowl preview. We'll talk about Nick Scott, the game, and more coming up on the BWI Daily Edition. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give a review and a comment. Always super helpful. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you tomorrow.